0: No
1: doubt, again, Hello, and uh, today is Sunday, January 3rd, uh, and this is, welcome to Zoom with Zarney. I'm very happy to bring you uh, my interview today. is with Colette Matthews-Carter, who is the newly elected president of the Syracuse and Onondaga County uh, Greater uh, NAACP. We have a great conversation about that um, organization's history uh, the mission that uh, it has, and also uh, what she plans on doing with uh, her uh, presidency, and and what uh, you know the goals are for the NAACP. I think it's a um, enlightening interview. We also talk about how NAACP is going to be working with uh, the youth, uh, the new young activists uh, with the Black Lives Matter uh, uh, movement, and uh, how they can be a part of. Uh, that and working together. So I think it's a, a, a great uh, organization. I'm looking forward to um, working with them uh, in the next uh, few, uh, uh, you know, weeks as we, uh, you know, hopefully start to work together towards registration and, and voter turnout in 2021. Uh, there is not much going on right now uh, with, uh, you know, elections. We're uh, getting uh, ready to come back from our winter break. Uh, that'll be on Monday uh, tomorrow. And uh, then we'll start planning out our uh, our political um, calendar locally, uh, when we're going to be training inspectors, when we're going to be uh, you know, doing a lot of things. We're only one election two elections this year, June primary and and uh, November election. So uh, the political calendar won't be passed later in the in, in the month, but later this month, uh, the legislature will be coming back to session. Uh, And uh, with the new uh, legislative bodies, and we'll see what they have in store for us in terms of uh, electoral uh, reform. I'll be appearing on a podcast later this week with Robert Harding um, of the uh, uh, Auburn Citizen, and also uh, hopefully on a a reform panel uh, regarding the BOE. um, You know, it's sometime this week with Common Cause New York as well. Uh, and of course, I'll be uh, uh, here again this week. I have two interviews scheduled for Zoom with Zarnies. I got my Tuesday commissioner in a car and an interview with uh, Christine Wood a Public Citizen. Uh, we'll be uh, having that interview on Thursday. Hopefully we'll know what the Georgia elections uh, look like by then. And uh, then we'll also be uh, t- joining Tom Keck, a, a, a returning uh, guest. We'll be talking about SCOTUS uh, now that the election's over on Sunday, and we'll kind of know what's going on with the Georgia elections and how that's going to affect uh, SCOTUS over the next, uh, uh, you know, over the next presidential election. So we're really uh, looking forward. to, I'm really, really looking forward to those two interviews uh, this week. Um, please remember if you're thinking about uh, changing your party. Uh, to vote in this year's primary or run for office. That uh, deadline is coming up on February 14th. And you can go to onvote.net to find all that information. Uh, and my Wonky Wednesday this week uh, coming up, I, I just did a Wonky Wednesday on early voting data. I think that was, uh, check that out on my Tumblr blog, uh, but you can also um, wait for this next Wednesday. I'll be talking about how what the registration in Onondaga County looks like uh, now that we are post-election and a couple of months in. Uh, in the beginning of uh, January. So uh, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, I'm very pleased to bring you my interview segment with Colette Matthews-Carter, the president of the Syracuse Greater Onondaga NAACP. Enjoy. Bye-bye. And I'm very honored today to have as my interview guest uh, Bishop Colette Matthews-Carter. She is the newly elected president of the Syracuse uh, and and Onondaga County chapter of the NAACP, Uh, and uh, she was elected uh, back in November, Uh, and uh, I'm happy to have you on. Bishop, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Well, thank you, Dustin. It's a a pleasure to be here. So, so Bishop, uh, how,
1: you know, tell us a little bit about uh, the NAACP and yourself. I mean, you're you're from Syracuse, right? You're a native, aren't you?
0: I am. I am a proud Syracuse and a native girl. Uh, I grew up on the southwest sides of Syracuse. I am a graduate of the George W. Fowler High School. Shout out to the Falcons. <laughs> and um, I've lived a few other places. I went away to school, then came back and uh, completed my undergraduate at the Maxwell School of Citizenship. Worked in the city government. Um, but I think the most important thing is that um, I grew up um, in a home that stressed and really put an emphasis on community involvement. My father was a community activist, uh, an advocate for the community, and they really instilled in me this ideology of Dr. King's beloved community. And so I've been a part of you know, social justice work uh, my entire life, even when I was an, an undergrad. And so it's something that's in my, my heart and my soul to my DNA. Um, I love to advocate for um, people of color, for my people, for, um, you know, marginalized communities, for poor communities. And so I think stepping into the NAACP uh, in this role was really somewhat of a um, destiny. And so I'm honored to, to, to be uh, able to lead such a great organization and uh, hope to, you know, be as impactful as past presidents were.
1: So... Uh, Tell us about the NAACP, because of course I know what it is, and I've worked with uh, your incredible organization many times, but I think people Mm -hmm. that are listening in or or viewing in might uh, not know that, uh, you know, that this is an organization that's very active, and and what are Mm -hmm. your issues
0: yeah, so so from a historical perspective, you know, Dustin, the NAACP is the oldest, and uh, I like to say arguably the boldest civil rights organization. It is 111 years old. Uh, the mission of the organization uh, uh, has not changed, and it has remained relevant uh, just because of the historical oppression of, of people of color, of marginalized communities, of poor communities. So the mission of the NAACP is, is to ensure the Uh, economic, the educational, the political, and the social uh, equality of people of color. All people, but specifically people of color. And so here on a local level, the local branch uh, of course, is supposed to move that agenda forward, and so uh, the NAACP in Syracuse has been uh, very active. I don't have the exact time because I believe that the NAACP started, and then you know I think it had some some gaps years ago, but I think it has had continuity for almost fifty years, which is which is pretty astounding. It has been involved, in it's a number of social justice issues uh, going forward. My my platform is really going to be built around seven game changers that deal with economic sustainability, uh, e- equity and education, health care, equality, criminal justice and public safety, engaging young people, uh, uh, political representation and voting rights, as well as women's issues and community engagement. So those are the things that we're going to continue to build upon in the community. So we hope for the NAACP to have a seat, you know, around these issues.
1: Right. So, you know, let's, uh, this is an election's Podcast. I I started this yes. uh, this last year because uh, uh, COVID nineteen was changing the way we were doing elections in New York, and, um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to get out to the community all these election law changes. But uh, mm-hmm. what what do you what is the NAACP's view on? Um, you know, increased early voting, increased uh, absentee balloting, these kind of things that came about in 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is this something that that your organization is uh, uh, working on or or, or looking at? Mm
0: -hmm. Well, yes. so the NAACP has had, uh, historically has had a national platform around voting rights and political representation for uh, persons of color. That is one of the, the strong platforms of the NAACP to ensure that all persons have fair and equal elections. And so the NAACP was very involved uh, on the national level and on the local level uh, this past year to ensure that there was no voter suppression. Uh, our national president, uh, you, you, you may have known this and I'll share with our audience, you know, actually filed a lawsuit against the United States Postmaster to ensure that You know, there would be, um, you know, Uh, A continuity of of services to make sure that those ballots were getting there, that those ballots were going to be, um, you know, be be able to be cast. And then also, you know, the NAACP is about voter registration. Although we are a nonpartisan organization, of course, we, you know, we we want to reflect um, candidates that reflect our values quite naturally. But but we've been out there as it relates to voter registration, getting people to the polls was so paramount, uh, especially this past year with all of the issues around voter suppression and all of the issues that really kind of came out, unfortunately, on the national landscape. But the people, we were right there in the mix to make sure that people who wanted to vote, that we encourage people to cast their votes because we believe that voting is uh, probably one of the most precious civil rights, human rights that we have, and we want to preserve that.
1: So uh, as we look at 2021, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the specter of COVID-19, is that obviously Hit the uh, uh, minority community uh, especially hard. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's uh, it, it's a it's had a devastating effect both on the you know the health and uh, um, even you know the businesses that are affected the most right, by these shutdowns. Um, how is the NAACP uh, reacting to the COVID nineteen crisis? Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So, so the NAACP, uh, you know, when when COVID first hit, you know. Can't even believe it's been almost a year, uh, but you know we were on the ground even locally. We were on the ground, you know, doing uh, basic kinds of things like you know distributing PPE equipment. We had a few virtual town hall meetings to talk about testing and the importance of getting tested. We made sure that our volunteers were out there at the testing sites, passing out information. You remember the also the um, con- the census was also going on at the same time, so you know we we had volunteers in in all of those spaces. Sharing that information, but now that we are uh, in the in the the depths in the trenches of COVID nineteen, and with this rollout of the vaccination, uh, we will continue to uh, you know distribute information. We're going to have another town hall meeting uh, locally to talk about. I'm involved in the healthcare task force already of uh, how we're going to get these vaccinations distributed uh, equally through communities of color, and also you know. Uh, Dustin, to talk about sort of the misinformation and the skepticism and the trust issues around, you know, people of color and vaccinations. It's a it's it's a tall order and it's a it's going to be a, a heavy lift, but uh, we want to get as much information out there about the vaccination so that people uh, will feel safe about taking it.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, and this that is a a great point because, um, you know. It, it, I'm not a health expert by any stretch Absolutely. of the imagination. I, I'm I'm an elections guy, but we had to deal with with uh, you know sanitation and uh, yeah. supply issues and all of that stuff. Um, uh, so, uh, you know that that is something that uh, um, uh, uh, that I'm hoping to uh, you know uh, you know continue to learn about. But as this vaccine is rolled out, to make sure that. Mm-hmm. Communities uh, that are mo- most desperately need this is something yes. I, you know. Organizations like yourself are going to be at the forefront of of watching. Is that correct? Or...
0: Oh, absolutely. It, you know, and the thing about it is that you know, COVID nineteen it didn't create a lot of the issues that we're seeing. It just revealed the depth of it. It revealed the healthcare inequities. It revealed, you know, sort of the the fragility of our economic system. It just revealed so many things. And of course, anything that Um, impacts uh, the general population is going to impact communities of color even greater because that's where, you know, particularly in our city, there's, you know, high concentration of poverty and other issues that, you know, the communities of color are facing. So COVID is hitting very hard. It's hitting extremely hard. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, issues around the vaccination, but uh, we're going to get the information out there. Um, I personally am leaning towards the side of taking it, and I want to get as much information out there so that I can, you know, lead the lead the champion, uh, be a champion of of the cause, and uh, encourage, you know, people to get the vaccination if it's going to keep us safe.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be something that, uh, uh, you know, is is going to need a lot of public information, a lot of groups. It is. Uh, you know, being examples, but also, uh, making sure we're fighting against some of this, uh, you know, culture of, uh, mm-hmm. fake news that has really, you oh, know, yes. Yes. I mean, you know, like, it, it's amazing. Like fake news was, it was coined by the people that are, you know, now propagating some of these, uh, this falsehoods about the vaccine, yeah. about the virus. Um, how, uh, how do you how do you think how is the NAACP going to adjust to this new world that we're kind of mm-hmm. living in? You know, we're doing this on Zoom normally. Um, yeah. Something like this would be done in person. Uh, it is probably going to be happening uh, for the next year. or So, and, but we're lucky. We have internet. We have computers. We can do yeah. this type of stuff. You um, know, you know, at you know, risk communities and 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 and, and uh, impoverished communities don't have these, uh, Mm -hmm. even now, a year into this crisis, don't have these types Mm -hmm. of tools. So how can Mm -hmm. uh, the NAACP help with that?
0: Well, you know, the NAACP uh, is and has continued to be an advocacy organization. And so we have uh, continued to create partnerships to advocate uh, for those kinds of things, particularly in the schools. And we were fortunate enough recently to receive uh, a very you know, sizable donation. We were able to purchase some um, laptops and Chromebooks for children in the, in the public schools. But we have, we have an education uh, subcommittee, we have a healthcare subcommittee. And so we'll be building out those committees under my leadership to, to, to be able to connect some dots so that we can be advocates, uh, continually continue advocates for uh, children in the public school system that need laptops and need, uh, you know, electronic devices to get their schoolwork done, but also how we disseminate information. Right now, uh, all communities are online. I mean, the NAACP, we did our elections online. Uh, faith communities are online. So. To, to kind of bridge that digital divide, which was an issue that was already there, Dustin, and, and it just got wider, it got bigger. It was already present before COVID, and now we see the digital divide even greater. So we see ourselves as an opportunity to advocate, uh, to make connections, and to you know sit at the table and find resources to help you know various communities. And that's really the role of the NAACP. We are a volunteer organization, so we don't have staff that can actually you know carry cases, but we we are a powerful advocacy group, so we'll be doing more of that.
1: That's a, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, you're right. The, the, what COVID-19 has done is it has shown the inequity in society that was already there and exasperated it. I mean, it was yes. that way on technology, that way on healthcare, that way on elections. It was, it, you know, no matter um, the, it, it kind of, you know, scraped back some of the veils that we had kind of told ourselves uh, and, in and I guess that kind of leads to the Black Lives Matter movement and how um, mm-hmm. the uh, NAACP um, is working with the, the next generation of you know, mm-hmm. activists that, are, you know, that took over um, the, these huge protests and rightful protests this summer. Uh, it was great to see all this energy um, out there. How is uh, the NAACP working with uh, you know the, this younger generation of activists?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, well, first of all, let me start by saying that I uh, certainly commend uh, the young activists uh, for their uh, role and their um, demonstrations and their their activism over this summer. Um, it was just amazing to see that kind of energy in the midst of so much pain. I think that's one thing that we have to remember. It, it, it was caused. It was an outrage by the the death of George Floyd, those eight minutes and 46 seconds that we all bore witness to really, it it created something, it created an energy and a a passion within the hearts of our young people that um, we've never seen before, uh, at least in my generation. I know perhaps in my father's generation, but not in my generation. And in Syracuse, it was just an outpouring. And and I was at many of those um, events. I wasn't at all of them, but I was at enough of them, just supporting the young people. I thought it was important I wasn't the president at the time, but I thought it was important for our organization to be out there. And, you know, we were out there passing out information doing voter registration, you know, handing out PPE equipment. I think I handed out probably, I don't know how many masks and hand sanitizer, but that was our role. You know, we were there to support them. So now what? So the question is now, Dustin, what now? Now that those that major uh, season uh, summer season of protest is now over. Now what? So one of the things that I will be doing under my administration. In fact, we've, we've just recently. I can't can't uh, say who he is yet because uh, he hasn't been approved by the board. But we have a wonderful young young man who's going to lead up our youth and young adult social activism. Um, committee and um, he's going to build out and we've already been reaching out to young people because we want to give young people who are interested in this work a place to cut their teeth, a place to find support, a place for resources. The NAACP is a huge organization nationally. It's it's well connected and we want to really embrace young people that have this passion for social justice and so that is one of the uh, things under my administration that I am completely committed to and so we're excited about that.
1: Wonderful. That's, uh, yeah, that's great to hear. All right. You, you won't break any news today. I get it. I get it. But when you get that name, please let me know because I'd love to share it. I will. It, uh, uh, I will. <laughs> because I, I also think it's important that people realize that the NAACP, um, while a, uh, you know, a minority um, interest group in, 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 in a sense, it's not like you restrict your membership based on um, oh, no. Yeah, right? right. I mean, everybody can get involved uh, with your mission.
0: Absolutely. That, Absolutely. In fact, our board is, is extremely diverse. Uh, I, I think that it's important uh, for uh, uh, people of color to have a place to have a voice, but this work, this work of social justice and all of the tentacles that it entails really must be a, a rainbow. It must be a coalition of people from diverse backgrounds, black people, white people, people from different faith communities. And so we welcome uh, individuals of like mind that are interested in this this kind of work uh, to the table. And so we have an extremely diverse board um, and uh, that's always been the case. And so I think that that's important.
1: Yeah, I, that's... Uh... You know, that's something that I think, uh, you know, as an ally, as yeah, somebody who, uh, you know, has been involved in, in uh, you know, in one way or another, uh, you know, for the last 20 years is that we hear people putting up these obstacles or the self-obstacles to be getting involved because they say they can't because it's not an organization for them. But, you know, it is. It's an organization for everybody. Uh, for anybody that's right. who wants to pitch in and you know i and i and it comes from um you know the the faith-based organizations that have have uh, have supported this and you yourself are a bishop uh and this yep. is airing on a sunday where uh normally uh, people would be in churches, but uh, you know, right now it's, it's kind of a mix of what's happening there. But how, how does the faith-based community interact with the NAACP and the civil rights movement uh, as a whole?
0: Oh, absolutely. Of course, That that's right up my alley. I, I've been a member of the faith community for uh, over 20 years, and um, I'm involved with a number of faith organizations that are involved with the NAACP, the Alliance of Communities Transforming Syracuse, Interfaith Works, the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance, and so there are a number of faith communities and groups that you know lend their support to the NAACP because it's important. The faith community has a huge uh, platform. The faith community uh, are very influential in, in 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 you know speaking out against injustices, and so uh, there is a space and a place. Uh, for faith communities with the NAACP. We actually have a religious affairs committee. We have a new chair. Uh, her name is Beth Broadway. You, you may know her as being the also the executive director, president and CEO, I should say, of Interfaith Works. Uh, she was elected as the religious affairs uh, chair. And so we're excited about that. So yeah, we, we want to in, involve and include members of the faith community because they have a voice and uh, their voice is, is amplified loudly. And we welcome that.
1: Well, uh, Bishop, it was very uh, my pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much. Uh, congratulations, you, or maybe I'm sorry for your new leadership position, but I I think you're going to do great things. And Linda Robinson was a a friend of mine, and I was so glad uh, to work with her. Uh, but I, I I'm I'm happy to help in any way uh, that your oh. needs when it comes to voter registration, and hopefully we'll. By the end of the summer and maybe into the fall, we'll start having some more in-person voter registration events. Uh,
0: Absolutely.
1: Because uh, uh, I think that is something that just can't be duplicated online. Is these
0: big, it can big, be. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's really tough, Dustin. But again, you know, shout out to our, our, our outgoing president who is also still involved. Uh, done a phenomenal job. you know Linda uh, and Van, of course are, you know they are you know peers. they are lifers, and we appreciate. And I stand on her shoulders, and so I'm very grateful for her.
1: She, uh, Van and Linda are Syracuse treasures and uh, yes. um, are, I'm very uh, glad to see though that they're passing the torch to someone uh, you know as dedicated as yourself to this mission because it's an you. important mission. Um, and so, uh, I want to thank, uh, Bishop Colette, uh, uh, for, uh, Matthews Carter for coming on again. She's the president of the NAACP of Syracuse Onondaga chapter. Oh, uh, Bishop, how can people, uh, how, how can people get involved? How can people join?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can get involved uh, real quick. We have, uh, we're on all social media platforms. You can log on to, uh, You can also, um, you reach out to me at the uh at NAACP Um, at G, I'm sorry, sir, NAACP at gmail.com. Um, uh, you can log on to any of our Facebook pages, you can leave a message, and you know, we will get back to you.
1: Wonderful. Well, uh, I, I want to again thank uh, Bishop uh Colette Matthews for coming on, Pre- President Bishop. I don't know, there's a lot of titles <laughs> that I gotta throw out there, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, and uh, um, my name next- is fine. Uh, great. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to be leaping it back into the to the work week and into the new year uh, at Onondaga County Board of Elections, um, and uh, well, uh, you know, I'll, I'm I'll be uh, talking to uh, Christine Wood of uh, Public Citizen, who is uh, uh, a great young organizer in the Syracuse area, and that will uh, that will air on uh, Thursday of uh, next week, and of course, I'll have Commissioner in the car on Tuesdays. And I'm not sure who my guest is going to be next Sunday yet, but tune in, you'll find out shortly. Um, but uh, uh, and please remember that uh, this virus um, that is out there, the numbers are on the rise. And uh, protect yourself, protect our healthcare workers, wear a mask, stay home if you can. We have a dark winter ahead of us, but we'll get through it. The vaccine is coming. And uh, if we can uh, just be responsible for the next few months. We could save so many lives in our community um and uh, and uh, and working together and then hopefully rebuild because the rebuilding effort is the next phase. So thank you very much and uh I will see you soon. Bye-bye. We'll be
0: when we're we'll be I get no